The Big 12 and Pac-12 conference commissioners and their staffs have cut off communications about a potential merger. So what does that mean for Oregon football? And Oregon basketball got some suboptimal news recently. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked on Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster and lifelong Oregon Ducks fan. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching this show. I appreciate all of you out there who have done so already. I apologize for not having the, the most regular content as of late. Of course, took some time off with the news of Spencer Webb last week. I'm going to try to be a little bit more... Uh, uh, regular than I have been the last weeks going forward. And then I've got uh, just one, I promise just one more vacation that I'll take for a couple weeks in August and I'll be pre-recording some shows, but we'll get to all that later. Let's get to the news of the day. And that is that the Pac-12 and Big 12 had been in discussions about a potential merger where all the conferences or both conferences, I should say, would come together and form somewhat of a super conference. Oregon, of course, would be in that mix. Now, this is separate from the initial headline that that came out with regards to the Big 12 looking to kind of poach six Pac-12 schools. And I make that distinction because from what I have read and come to understand on this particular topic, an article I read on SI, that is still possible. Now, it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a ton of momentum right now for that particular set of actions where you'd have six schools break off from the Pac-12 independently, or maybe we should start calling it the Pac-10. I don't know. It's still the Pac-12 technically, but you know, the Pac-10, Pac-12, you, you'd have those schools break off. That's still a possibility, but what came to an end here was the Big 12 told the Pac-12 they were not willing to do a, a full conference merger. And the reason that that seems to have come to fruition and that the Big 12 told the Pac-12, remember, not not a mutual parting of ways for, for the discussion, right? This was a, a somewhat one-sided initiation to to stop the, the, the ongoing talks that they'd been having. The Big 12 wasn't going to merge with the Pac-12 entirely, and it seems like the reason is they didn't want everybody that is left in what is currently technically the Pac-10. They're just looking for the six schools that were mentioned previously, Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado, and then the Arizona schools, but they didn't want the other four. The Pac-12 stuck up for their member schools and said, no, we're going to you know, uh, try to orchestrate a full merger here. Didn't work out, wasn't going to make sense for the Big 12. And so as it stands right now, it's going back to being the Pac-10. Now, I can't imagine that that, stays, uh, that, that it stays that way. You know, if if the Pac-12 isn't able to find another conference to to merge with, and I'll get to a question about the ACC here in, in just a moment, um, but it, it doesn't look like right like right now it's not going to happen. I was talking about this with Carter Baines of BeaverBlitz.com. Don't worry, he's a really good guy, and he's also pretty smart. And we we're talking on uh, on today's episode of Locked On Pac-12 about you know kind of what the timeline is and. It feels like it needs to be now. It feels like everything has to be urgent, right? Like you have to, you know, make the move like, oh, USC and UCLA did this. Well, we got to turn around and do this. It's got to be done. It's got to be fast. 
it has to be sooner rather than later, but it doesn't have to be within the next month or two or even three. I, I think if by this time next year you have an announcement, that's enough time for everything logistically to work out to either add new schools to your conference or orchestrate a move to another conference. So I, I think this is going to be an ongoing story unless uh, a big piece of news drops and, and things really start to pick up. But in the immediate future for Oregon, what this means is in the long run, Going to the Big Ten would still be alive, in theory. Now, Oregon and Washington have been told by the Big Ten that they're they're content to stand pat for now. I, I don't think the Big Ten's a super viable option. I know that that's what Phil Knight would like to do. He he would like. I've seen reports that say he wants Oregon to go to either the Big Ten or the SEC. And of course, why wouldn't he? Those are the two best conferences that that will exist here in in the college football landscape in the coming years. But whether or not Oregon could actually get in there it is an entirely different matter. And just because the Big Ten says no now doesn't mean they're going to say no forever in the future always. But does it seem like there's a lot of momentum on that front? Not particularly, but not going to the Big 12 right now technically keeps that option open, though I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. I'd still say right now a move to the Big 12 is more likely than uh, a move to the Big Ten. But the other thing this brings to the forefront is the very real possibility of staying in the Pac-10. Every day that passes, and again, I just laid out that timeline, right? I think by this time next year, so there's still a lot that can change between now and then. But every day that passes without a significant step towards Oregon joining a new conference, it seems to be more and more likely that they just stay put, that they'd stay in the Pac-12 because there wouldn't be another option. And so at that point, you know, if Klyovkov isn't able to facilitate something with the Big 12 or with the ACC and Oregon isn't able to get into uh, the Big 10, that's clearly been uh, shut down. The Big 12, maybe that'll be an option. But if that doesn't work out, we're we're left with an option that seemed, you know, kind of... Hard, hard to hard to consider or hard to think about uh, just just a few weeks ago when all this craziness began. And that's staying in the Pac-10. And you assume the conference would make it the Pac-12, maybe even the Pac-14. I don't know. Um, I, I think there could be a, a lesson to be learned from what the Big 12 is doing in that they're losing Oklahoma and Texas. But they're adding four schools who, you know, each of them is not as strong as uh, of a brand as Oklahoma or Texas. But you add four, you know, pretty legitimate and well-respected group of five schools. And that's, you know, that's not nothing. And so no one is talking about the Big 12 as being in as dire of a situation as uh, as the Pac-12. So that's why I think that could be a potential option there. But right now for Oregon, it seems like the Pac is the place that, that, that they're going to be, at least for now. Will that change? Totally could. Totally, totally could change. But right now, that's looking like the best option for it. And it's not an all, it's not a totally terrible option. Like, I as a fan, I'm sure many of you fans feel this way as well. But maybe there are some of you that don't. Feel free to hop in YouTube comments and, and let me know. I don't hate the idea. As a fan, I'm not talking about from a financial perspective. Let's put money aside for a second. I don't hate the idea of staying in the Pac-10 and then expanding to the Pac-12 or 14 with some Mountain West schools. Is it? 
a worse conference than what you had before with USC and UCLA? Yes. Is it as worse as people think? No, because USC and UCLA for the last five years, aside from one Rose Bowl campaign from USC in which they had a, a top five caliber NFL draft pick quarterback in Sam Darnold, hasn't done anything. I mean, they haven't been adding to the conference's pedigree. They've, if anything, been making it worse, right? The potential of USC remained. But if you're talking about two schools that have been, you know, elite football programs that are just taking away drastically from the overall respect of the conference, like, no, it's a bigger loss on the TV market side than it has, than it is on the football pedigree side because of what those two programs have been. Chip just had an eight-win season. But that was preceded by three losing seasons. And US or UCLA before that was nothing special. They, they never were. They, they haven't really been in the entirety of the Pac-12. They got to one championship game. It was fluky. You know what's not fluky? Buying built Bars that taste healthy or that taste delicious and are healthy. And they've got the Coconut Brownie Chunk built Bar, the flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. They've given it the puffs treatment and coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So you have to go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. Go to built.com, use promo code lock 15, get 15% off your order for delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie flavor, and creamy marshmallow. Is there a better combo than that? Not many. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Staying in the pack 10, or 12, or 14. We're just going to call it the pack. Staying with the pack, like the wolf pack. Now I'm thinking about Allen and the hangover. Is not the worst thing in the world for me as a fan. Now, Oregon, as a university, might not like it very much. Because you're go- you're going to be in a conference that nationally will have the perception of, oh my gosh, they're so much weaker. But from a football standpoint, it's just not losing that much compared to what the Pac-12 has been. Which, as we have shown, is a conference capable of getting you to the college football playoff. And losing USC and UCLA in the years where Oregon has been on the cusp of getting in this past year in 2019 with Herbert, USC and UCLA weren't adding to the pedigree in a significant way. Yeah, it was a nice win against USC with Herbert down at the Coliseum. But was it season changing? Was it a big resume booster? No, not really. It was just kind of like a decent win. And so I don't think that there's as much being lost there as as some people perceive. Now, the potential of USC was always really high. And with Lincoln Riley there, they could certainly, you know, be a team that is in the top 10 year in and year out. And that would have helped. That would have been good news. I've talked about that here on the show before, but you're not going to have that anymore. So at the very least, you'd be back to the strength and depth of, of teams and programs that that you had before the LA schools decided to leave, which is just not terrible. Like I like the regional matchups. I enjoy consuming as a fan college football as a regional product first, and then as a national one. I want Oregon to dominate the region, and then I want them to go and compete nationally in big time bowl games, and eventually, and as we saw in the first year of its inception, the college football playoff. But that's my order of, of priorities there because that's just the way I like. I'm kind of old school in that sense. Like, do I understand being in, you know, let's say Oregon got what Phil Knight really wants one day, one day and gets into the Big Ten. And you have all those matchups 
with uh, with really good school. You play Ohio State, Michigan, and USC in the same year. Yeah, it's an epic schedule, big games. I'm not saying I would enjoy that. But what I miss the nostalgia a little bit because it's what I've always grown up with of playing. <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, and Calvary. Yeah, a little. A little. Maybe Cal less so, but like Oregon and Stanford have some great games over the years. And if the game formerly known as the Civil War went away, I would be so sad. I would be legitimately so sad. And I know that national media pundits are not going to love that take very much. They'll be like, oh, you got to understand and embrace the nationalization of the sport. Like, I, I understand that. But as a fan, I like college football for the things that, that it's always brought me, which are every year we get certain matchups. And there's a history to those matchups, right? Now you have to build new history if if you're in a new conference. So not all bad news there for Oregon if uh, if they do have to stay put in the pack. So a uh, question came in via the mailbag, which, by the way, you can have a question answered here on the show as well. There's four ways you do it. You tweet the hashtag AskLODPod. You hop in the YouTube comments or you DM me on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LockedOnDucks are the Twitter handles, DMs wide open. I respond to anybody and everybody, as long as you're nice. Even people who aren't nice, I tend to respond to, uh, just because it takes a lot to get under my skin. Um, <laughs> like you'd have to, you'd have to do, you have to do quite a bit. You'd have to know me pretty well. So, that, like, I'd prefer you be nice, but if you're not, I'll probably respond to you anyway. Uh, Wayne Roberts via the YouTube comments asks thoughts on a power conference spanning the states. Ooh, it's very. Uh... What's the word I'm looking for? It's got gravitas, spanning the states. Nice alliteration there. ACC plus the pack. Mm-hmm. East and West division. What's your thoughts? I'm thinking Clemson ends up in the SEC, leaving the ACC in the same state as the pack. So the interesting note on that, ACC schools, and by the way, their teams right now receive lower payouts than the Pac-12 by a few million dollars. They're the only conference that pays out uh, less than our beloved Conference of Champions. Thanks, Larry Scott. But Clemson and all those other ACC schools are tied to that conference through 2036 contractually. And if they wanted to get out of that, it would be very, very expensive. Doesn't mean they can't do it, but I'm just pointing that out, that that is not as easy. It is my understanding that it is not as easy for teams to leave the ACC as it is for them uh, to leave other conferences, as we've seen. So that's just uh, something that's worthy of note. Um, but, you know, and, and by the way, everything about this, this is just a hypothetical question that Wayne is asking here. And I think it's a fascinating idea. Everything is speculative. Nothing's been reported at this time. There hasn't been a, a bevy of rumors or anything of the sorts. Nothing like that. The first question that's going to pop into everybody's mind is travel. And there's a reason that I think this would actually work. The ACC and the Pac-12 merging. Would they do it? I don't know. But now that the Big 12 said no, if I'm George Klyovkov, that would be my next phone call. The first question is always travel, but here's the, here's the advantage you have. In the ACC, you've got 14 teams in football, and then you have 10 Pac-12 schools. Pac-10, you'd have 10 Pac schools to join with them, so you'd have a 24-team conference. And if you had the East and the West division, you had a champ meet somewhere in the middle. Maybe it's Las Vegas. Maybe they go dead center in the United States and go to 
you know, Indianapolis or, or something like that. I don't know what, whatever they would do for, for their conference championship game. I think the idea is fascinating and, and the travel component doesn't get as complicated as you would think, because if you did a full conference merger with 10 PAC schools and 14 ACC schools, what you could then have from a scheduling perspective is yes, you would have cross play every year, but you wouldn't have to have as much as in a typical conference, right? So think about the Pac-12 North and South right now. Oregon plays every team, all, all of the other five teams in the North Division every year, and then they play four of the six in the South, and then they miss two every year, right? So that's four other division games that you have to play, but because the travel's very manageable in the Pac-12, it, it, it all works out. But if you had 10 PAC schools in the West Division and 14 schools in the Atlantic Division or East Division, you would only really have to have like two cross-country games per team per year. Like you could, I'm, I'm pretty sure you could work that out, right? Because if you have that many schools on each side of the country, you only have to go across twice. And we are now, you know, with USC and UCLA moving into the Big Ten, we've kind of reoriented our perception of how we view college travel. Because if USC and UCLA, who don't have an abundance of West Coast schools to go up against, are going to four to five times a year, I mean, they'll probably play each other, I imagine. So three to four times a year are going to go to the middle of the country. I don't think it's that unreasonable of a jump that twice a year you go across the country. I mean, NFL teams do it all the time. The, the Seahawks, my favorite team, they've played the Giants before. They've played Jacksonville before, but they space them out. You never play on the East Coast in back-to-back weeks, right? You go play Miami, then you come back, play a couple division opponents, and then maybe a few weeks later, if you have a, a New York team on the schedule, like the Giants or the Jets, both of whom are really bad, but just <laughs> still there. Um, so I don't know. I didn't need to take that shot at the Giants and the Jets. I'm sorry, but um, we're on the same boat now because the Seahawks suck. That's the point I'm making here. Like, that is not out of the question to me because Oregon would play you know, nine conference games a year and you could play seven of them against nine other schools from the original PAC conference. And then you could play two against teams from the new conference. And by the way, I'm sure some of you duck fans are out there thinking right now, Hey, doesn't that mean we could play Miami and Mario? Why? Yes, it would. Do I think that sounds fun? I really do. (laughs) Not because I have any, amount of huge resentment towards Mario. I seriously don't. But would that be fun television? Yeah, it really, really would. So I I think that that could work out. And then the the other reason that I see this being a, a viable option, and again, there are a lot of logistics that have to go into it, but I'm also just thinking about it from from how you think about it, from a fan's perspective. I think that there's a way to to kind of brand it and market it as something that's unique, right? You're the first true super conference. You're the first conference to hit 20 teams. You're the first one to go all the way across the country, have teams on the eastern seaboard and on the west coast. I think that's the reason that it could work and you could draw some attention and eyeballs. 
And are you strong enough with, with those two conferences? Even if, let's say Clemson leaves, I still think you have enough to be maybe not at the Big Ten or SEC's level. If Clemson were to stay, you'd certainly be a lot closer. So let's assume that Clemson stayed there for a moment. You would be in that same in that same category of conferences when, when talking about the, the pedigree of the schools that are in your football conference. And it would be an absolute it'd be an absolute power move from the Pac-12. But I mean the Big 12, their top schools once everything, you know, settles down and the teams move move around. The Big 12 would have Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, who am I missing in the I'm probably missing a, a Big 12 school in there. West Virginia is capable of being good every now and then, right? Like you'd have a solid lineup of schools, but compare that to a a Pac ACC merger that's got Clemson Miami with Mario, Oregon, Utah. If Washington can get back to being a top 25 caliber program, which we know they can be, I think there's a lot of viability there. And I think that'd be really fun. I I would be, honestly, I would take that over joining the Big 12 with the other six schools. I really, really would. Because me as a little bit more of a traditional fan would get to protect the rivalries that have been built in within the conference for, you know, my entire life while also keeping the Pac-12 and and the teams around us in Oregon relevant on the national stage by joining this mega super conference. And then it'd be a new exciting opportunity. I think that'd be really fun. I think that's a great idea, Wayne. That is, yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on, I'm on board with that. Could it happen? I don't know. I, I don't pull those lever, level levers of power. Um, I am I am not Chewbacca or Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon to activate the hyperdrive and kick it into uh, kick it into hyperspace. But uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be down with that. All right, we have to close the show today with a, a suboptimal piece of news. It comes on the Oregon basketball front. And 2023 five-star small forward Mookie Cook decommits from Oregon. Yeah, that's not great. Uh, He said in his statement, you know, the cookie cutter that every kid posts when uh, he announces he's decommitting or transferring from a school, uh, that he's still considering Oregon. So not all hope is lost on that front. Uh, He's the number five player in the class of 2023 and the number two small forward. When he originally committed, he was uh, the second highest rated recruit in the history of Oregon basketball behind Bull Bull. And, you know, one thing that that is lost here is in college basketball, a little bit more so than football, tag team recruiting is a big, big thing because it's easier to visualize, you know, working with a guy because you don't have as many players on the court. Right. So quarterback receiver. Yeah. Like those dynamics totally exist. But I think it's stronger when you have two guys who want to play basketball together because like, hey, we'll just go out there and be taking, you know, 40 percent of the shots for for our entire team. Uh, There there was talk of him, you know, helping to recruit Kwame Evans Jr. And he mentioned that before. Um, I, I haven't seen anything as to why specifically he's opened his recruitment back up. But there are some big time players in the mix here. And that's why it was a big addition for Oregon, why it's pretty disappointing that he's decommitted. Uh, Again, he could still end up coming back to Oregon, but Ducks are in the mix. Kentucky's there. We know how many one-and-dones they're capable of getting, and those big-time recruits. Gonzaga's in the mix. 
Uh, there's been a little bit more speculation since he announced this uh, about him reclassifying the class of 2022. I, I don't think that's going to happen because uh, it seems pretty late. Like Kelly Ware is already on the uh, on the practice court for Oregon up there in uh, Eugene and looks pretty awesome, by the way. Uh, but, you know, th- this is this is a little bit more of a body blow, you know, than Dior Johnson, who I, I really felt was going to be one and done in the portal. Uh, whether Will Richardson came back or, or not, because Kuznard and uh, Bartholomew both have several years of eligibility left. And those are uh, backcourt transfers that, that have come over from South Carolina and Colorado, respectively. But the guy went to 10 high schools. And would I have liked to have gotten him and kept him around? Sure. But that just didn't seem really likely. And I don't think you should play a guy who's not ready just because you want to keep him around you know, in hopes that he'll be able to to reach his full potential. I, I think that's not the sort of guy you want to go after. So Johnson, not not his concern there. Um, but Mookie Cook decommitting, that's a bummer. That, that, that's a bummer if they're not able, able to get him because he looked like a big-time player. Um, I still love the roster going into the 2022-23 season, uh, but but looking ahead a little bit, that's uh, – that's a that's a tough loss for Dane Altman and company, and hopefully they'll be able to to reconvince him to come to Eugene. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.